0: Hey again, this is Chris, and I'm sitting outside today. I'm not sure I'm going to talk about this, but I've been reading this book again. got to read it a couple times to get everything that's in it. The book is Man Up by Jeffrey Hemmer. It's really a great book. Don't set it on top of your coffee cup, though, because it'll get damp. And then you'll have to clean it off, and then you'll get other things you set it on damp, and that's just not oh before we get started i need to tell you what's in the cup first of all here's the cup this is one of my most favorite cups this cup i tip it over and show you what's on the bottom you can see some writing down there but the cup is from Asheville, south carolina the biltmore mansion area actually we were there many many years ago me and my brothers her. Oh, she's so funny. We were there just on a vacation and went to the gift shop kind of, this is back before it was a big deal, went to the gift shop right at the gate going in and I found a couple of mugs and this is one of them. It's really, really one of my favorites and you're probably asking yourself, well then Chris, tell me what's in your mug. Well today I'm having some of this. This is a Greek coffee. A friend of my wife's brought it back for me when they went to Greece, obviously. And it says on there, if you can read it, premium Greek coffee. So I tried to make some for our son today when he was home for a quick visit from school. And he said it tasted good, it was good. But it also, when I was um, throwing out the grounds, which I thought were grounds, it kind of looked more like mud. So then I stopped and I was thinking, well, I wonder if that's actually Uh I mean, it's coffee, obviously, but I wonder if it's more like instant coffee. And I don't know if you can see this, but it's really super fine, really super fine powder. And I thought, well, maybe it's instant coffee. So I tried to make some. That's what this is. I tried to just dissolve it in hot water. And it tastes good. It tastes really smooth and really good, but it just doesn't stay dissolved. So now I'm thinking, probably what I was thinking originally was right, and that it's really more of an espresso. And I just have to accept the fact that it's going to be mud when it's done brewing. Um, But it's really, really good. If you ever get to Greece, and you can pronounce the name, look up this, get some of this really good coffee. So what else am I doing out here on the patio? Well, I'm having, it's fall. You all know it's fall. don't have to tell you it's fall. But fall means it's pumpkin bread time. And not just any pumpkin bread, but homemade pumpkin bread. And here, now you should be able to see, homemade pumpkin bread with chocolate in it. Chocolate chips in it. That's my secret. I'm only sharing it with you, so don't share it with anybody else. But it's one of the recommendations that my wife made to add some chocolate chunk chips to the batter. And, (laughs) well, old story, if you want to hear it, very first time or two I did it, I was still trying to figure out how to get it to work right, and I put it. I forgot to put it in in the batter. I'd already poured the batter into the the bread pans. Uh, I thought, well, I'll just add it later. I'll mix it in. So I dumped it on top and I started poking it down inside. Well, <laughs> it ended up being a chocolate log in the middle, which was okay with my wife. She was fine with that. But I've learned better now. I make sure I mix it in ahead of time. And it spreads out like it's supposed to, and. Uh, very well received. I'll put it that way. I don't want to be too proud of myself for making good pumpkin bread, but I like to carry on the mantle of baking that my grandmother and my mother had and my sister, one of my sisters has. It's just a good thing to do. It's very relaxing. You get them to do the chemistry and all that, mixing all that stuff together and it's just really a lot of fun. So what was I going to talk to you about today? I don't really know. I don't want to just tell you about coffee and bread. Since I'm having some bread, we could talk about the bread of life, Jesus, but I'm not going to talk about that. I think what I want to talk about is the idea of the conscience. If you've never really given much thought to the conscience, particularly to the Christian conscience, it's something to just spend a little time pondering. Read the Bible. The Bible has a couple places, maybe maybe only one that I could find, but maybe more than one, where it talks about... What can happen to your conscience? Your conscience can be seared. And you all know what searing is, right? If you do any cooking, cook any steaks or any meats or anything like that, you you get the grill really hot, you put the meat on the grill and it sears it. Well, what's that doing? It's putting a hard side to the meat. Now, it does keep the juices in when it comes to cooking. But when it comes to your conscience, the searing is, is not a good thing. Searing of your conscience is where you stop being tender, stop being soft, stop being um, troubled. That's really probably the best way to describe it. You stop being troubled by things that you should be troubled by. Now, the truth is that the conscience goes both ways. Everybody has one, but not everybody's functioning properly. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that if your conscience is uh, not properly, let's use a funny analogy. Let's say it's not properly tenderized. Then it will start to get hardened to what it shouldn't be hardened to, right? And it'll be soft if you, will, in a way, to the things it shouldn't be soft to. And that sounds strange, but it's. Think about it for a little bit. If what's influencing and training your conscience is the world, the culture, uh, just people that don't aren't Bible-believing Christians. Some of it could be good, but some of it might not be good. In fact, probably a lot of it won't be good. If you're getting your training of your conscience by Hollywood, for instance, or by the wrong books, because you're not reading the books to be discerning, you're reading the books for pure entertainment value, and you're not applying any thought to it well. Some of what's in there is going to be conditioning and training your conscience. Is that what you want? Or do you want your conscience to be properly trained? You don't want it to become calloused. You don't want to start thinking of bad things as being good, and good things as being bad. It's kind of an interesting concept. How can we think of good things as being bad? Well, take today's world. You know, the way people think that something that's in the Bible, where God says this is the way it is between a man and a woman, people today, that's a good thing, and people are seeing it as bad. They're seeing it as not open-minded enough. You need to be more open-minded. We don't want that. It's okay to consider other ideas, but you always have to use the right filter. And as a Christian, guess what your filter is? Your filter is this puppy. Not necessarily Mine but it's this, it's the Word of God. This is what will train your conscience. If you're not spending any time in a good church, and of course I'm qualifying that because you can go to lots of churches where you can hear all sorts of things, but if you're not in a church where you're hearing the Word of God preached in all its uh, purity, and you're not having the sacraments administered rightly, your conscience is gonna be different than if you were in one of those kind of churches if you're not in a Bible study on a regular basis, if you're not learning from good, solid teachers, there's lots of teachers out there. Believe me, on the internet, there are lots and lots of teachers out there. But you can't just randomly go, oh, I'm gonna start following that person because they have charisma. You have to follow people based on the fruit of their faith, based on the words that come out of their mouth. If you listen to somebody, check them. Check me. Check anybody. Pastor Wolf Miller, Pastor Fisk, Pastor Roseborough, um, any number of these guys. They'll tell you, don't trust me, trust the Word of God. Check everything that's said against the Word of God. And that way, if I say 98% of things that are really good here, and there happens to be one or two things that just because I'm excited to be on camera talking to you, I get them wrong then take the good see the good see the good intentions but if somebody is out there preaching your best life now and giving you a bunch of garbage sorry almost to use a different word um, why spend the time trying to find the 1 or 2% in the 98% that's bad use your discernment so to train your conscience just wrap this up here you train your conscience you have to be in the uh, Hearing the word preached rightly, and you have to be in a good Bible study that's actually studying the word, not teaching you 12 steps to a better you. That's my word for today. I hope you enjoyed this quick little Cafe Solo podcast, trying to keep these short. Join us next time as I sit out on the patio, drink some coffee, and share things with you. And we'll talk to you next time. God's blessings.